0: Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano, and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive? not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room.
1: Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I am your host, Amy Youngren, along with Renee Hirano. This week, we are so excited to share with our listeners that our practical math intervention program is ready for the pilot stage. We have completed a standards-aligned math intervention for kindergarten and first grade. And this practical math intervention is a labor of love that comes from our experiences in the classroom teaching math and watching how students learn math. Whoop, whoop. It is a
0: labor of love. I agree. Finally ready. Hey, we do need to give a disclaimer. Clearly, my voice is, stri- is scratchy this week and a little cough today. So I just wanted to put that out there that um, we'll make it as clear and crisp as possible.
1: We've got some spring sniffles and some field trip voices.
0: So that's right. That's exactly right.
1: It's good so to So go. You're right, Amy. We've been working
0: on this for a year. Oh my gosh, Amy, a year. When we think yep. about it, um, but when we really think about it, we know it goes back and it it has a history that's longer than the time we've been working on it. But actually, putting you know ideas to paper, and so we wanted to do an episode telling listeners why it was important, at the time I can remember, imperative for us to write this program and how does it fit in with this, our practical teachers company as a whole. The future we see for the intervention program and our support for classrooms and teachers and how it all fits together. And so we just wanted to give you the why. We wanted to give you some some background for us. So to kind of start out, um, I really we I really started thinking about this math intervention program when I was in Um, Hawaii as the director of achievement for mathematics and was helping out in schools as a consultant in Hawaii schools and helping teachers. And one thing that teachers talked a lot about, or when I was coaching or working with them was we have a math curriculum. What do I do when students don't get it? What do I do for the reteach? How can you help me get something for the reteach or build something or have something. Because we know in the reteach that we want something different than the way they were taught it the first time, right? We want something different, looking at the standard in a different way, giving kids another access point in. And so I was in Hawaii for five years, and that was a really common theme we were we were looking at was how do we reteach what tools do we use how do we make sure it's a quality easy to implement standard aligned right like that's a it's a big ask right amy I mean, right right so all those things working in tandem are hard and so i really kind of had this i really had this idea when i was there and i saw how amazing the teachers were how hard they were working but of course right not everyone gets getting it the first time, and so what do we do in that reteach? How do we make it fresh and new for kids to get it? right? And upon returning to Denver as a director of curriculum instruction, I ran into that same that same problem. I ran into that same issue of coaching and mentoring teachers, quality high quality teachers who are giving great first instruction, not everyone's getting it, and then looking on the market for quality interventions that are um easy to implement and don't require a ton of training can use what teachers already know skills they already possess and to implement that right and then as i went and decided that i you know having done the coaching and mentoring and wanting to go back into the classroom i need them for myself amy right, right? And we're you, and you were this, like,
1: you were You weren't finding
0: them. Right. I I didn't find them when I was coaching people. And then when I got back in the classroom myself, I, I didn't have them, but I had all of these things that I had created for other teachers. I had all of these ideas for other teachers. And I also had built up a lot of educational background into best practices in terms of teaching math and helping students with math. And so you know that for me that background that why really came from a necessity a need and i can even say that then again through this pandemic i've seen an even greater need for this due to learning loss due to you know um not as much time in front of students um and all of that. Not that everyone hasn't been doing every single thing they can. I know every teacher has been doing everything they can, but I know teachers need help in this area I know that I need help. And so for me, that's my why I, I see a need from teachers. And I, even when we talk to teachers about what we're doing,
1: um, they, they concur. Well, and for me, I think for, for both of us, the pandemic, while, while the why came way before that, um, it was a turning point. I think uh, I'll just speak for myself. I was able to see more firsthand um, the learning loss or learning deficits or gaps um, mm. more firsthand when all of that happened in my own children and in others. And just in the industry, I was able, it just became, it just became more obvious. An imperative. I think you're and right. Imperative. I, think,
0: I think, you know, we could, we had all these thoughts. It's not that we didn't need them before, but we saw this Oh, the word's not crisis, Amy, but we saw this need like right now. We, We can't wait anymore. Like we can't wait to see if someone else does it. Right. We need to
1: do it. Right. And I think I, you know, when I was, it really, it, it started way before, but when my, my own kids were brought home to learn in my home, um, I started reflecting on what their school math journey has been and, um, what different programs they've been exposed to uh, what different schools, you know, how many different schools they've been. And so different programs they've been exposed to different teachers. Cause even if you're in the same school (laughs) each year, the teacher has a different take on it. And then I uh, was homeschooling one of my students a bit as well. And so experimenting with some of my um, own ideas and just getting to reflect on the successes and the challenges of that, I think um, informed my why uh, a lot. And then also as a teacher, and then as a parent watching my students' teachers, I just continued to see this real, and you're right, the, the word is not crisis, but a real need for authentic differentiation in math. And if we don't, it's not always something that's that's supported for teachers but we're sure told a lot like make sure you're differentiating. make sure you're touching all those different learning needs and but um a lot of times our new teachers aren't given any support about how to get that done in a classroom um and so sometimes it falls falls in between the cracks so Mm. i thought we need to teachers are continually being asked to do more with less Um, year after year pandemic even more and after pandemic even more so I really you know decided we need to make this easy to implement um, for teachers and um, you know so we're touching all kids learning needs but making it accessible to all teachers in all classrooms
0: yeah yeah for sure and I think You know, something I didn't mention, but I, as you were talking, it made me really realize also, Amy, when I was in Hawaii, my only focus was math. And so I had all this time and energy where I was focused in on helping and really learning math and really learning how to teach math and learning about the standards and learning about the best practices. But I think I, I also was in this privileged position where all I was helping teachers with was math. And so I have this lens that I look at it through in terms of, you know, what is the best practices, but I had five years to be solely focused on math, everything I was doing, all professional developments. And so I, you know, I think it also kind of goes along with what you said, what I was seeing means that I had access to this and some teachers did, but not everybody
1: does. And so how do we bring that to more people? Right. Right. How do we bring that to more people? and make it accessible, um, cost effective for classrooms and schools and yep. easy to access um, for teachers of all levels. So I think that's that's kind of what, what, what the catalyst for this was and then went into the creation of the program and all the unique components of it. Um, that's what drives the values behind the program. So remind us a, a little bit about those.
0: Yeah. And yeah, why we created
1: the way we did.
0: And so I think what you always what you've said, and we've really we try to stay focused on when we're in we're in creation phase is ease of implementation. How how can we make it the easiest possible? um, So someone can plug and play, someone can use this, you know, the goal of this is to have small group intervention with reteaching for students, right? So we need it to be something that can fit in a small time slot. So we definitely use the cycle of instruction or that gradual release of responsibility. So it's like an I do, you do, we do, right? The teacher's modeling something, students are practicing, and then we're assessing them um, as one of the components. And I think that's a key part of, you know, when we learn, we have to model it, let students practice and then assess them to see, okay, got it, don't got it, right? Right, right. Uh, Another you know, another key thing that I really learned a lot about was um, this concrete pictorial abstract or concrete representational abstract, which is really um, a method in which students learn math where they start with concrete materials, things in math we would call manipulatives, and really start with that to really create something that's concrete in their mind so that then they can move to something that is more Uh, pictorial they can draw they can make a drawing of it or representation of it and then to the abstract and that's an imperative part of learning math and teaching math Uh so that kids build this solid foundation
1: and I think would you would you agree that sometimes that was missing sometimes that's missing in the first the first round of teaching it so if it if it is and if it was it has to be picked up um teach. yeah for sure you know
0: I think um I think that we everything in education kind of goes in waves but I I didn't see a lot of specific manipulatives or materials for um standards or events or things that we're doing I see a I for sure see a trend in movement towards bringing back those manipulatives but those manipulatives need to be concrete they need to be touchable items that kids are using to build Mm -hmm. sustainable long-term learning Mm -hmm. um and you know any of you know any of us teachers know that when something when we've taught something and it it didn't it didn't go in i i for me i have to go back to okay let's go back to counting with cubes let's just use an easy easy example right right a lot of kids can rote count but can they count the amount of objects that there are and so there are things like that in the program. Right. Um, and I think we also, like we talked about, we included the model, we included student pages, we included accommodation pages and assessment pages uh-huh. because we really want this program to be able to access, I think what you said, access all students, all learning differences, wherever students are at, whether you're, because we're at grade level, whether your student is coming in at below grade level. We want this intervention to access them and move them to grade level. That's our desire. Um, and so, right. you know, I think building it, we were very intentional. It took us, you know, it took us some time, Yeah, we, you know, but I think the intentionality and the why behind the creation is really important that people understand, you know, we built this um, with some continuity right. and with all these pieces in place.
1: Well, and I think our reflection along the way was something I was surprised about, but that has added so much fidelity to the program. You know, we, a lot of these things are, are interventions that we've used in our own classroom or talked about for years. And then when we put them pen to paper in a way that can be easy, plug and play, like you talk about for others, then there was a moment that we got to reflect on how this plays out um, for other teachers in all levels in all classrooms and so that created a, a um, an immense amount of fine tuning of <laughs> the processes which just makes it better right and I think we're both excited to find out through this pilot what other feedback we get from the other experts in the field that are out there
0: yeah you know we you know everything in a vacuum is amazing right but I have you know <laughs> right. I've been we've been. Using this in my first grade classroom this year, and it's been like, oh, this and oh, this. And like you said, we, we've had all these thoughts about it, but now it's even more fine tuning. I mean, we could spend all this time fine tuning it, but we need to get it into the hands of teachers, right? In the hands of kids, right? And really um, working on it because I think it has a lot of great value. I think it's gonna move kids. I think that it's gonna, it's, it is going to help teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know help students and that's I mean that's the biggest thing you know that's the area that we really need to work on and we also know Amy that tier one instruction so important right but right. we also know the impact that small group teaching has on kids has right. on learning has on growth and achievement and so building this in as well You know, getting back to having those groups and rotations and meeting kids on exactly the standard. That's why we made it standards aligned exactly on the standard that they might be missing um, was really important to us.
1: And I think that's what's so helpful about making it easy to implement as a teacher. You know, you can really follow along with your standards. Maybe your classroom doesn't need intervention at at all stages, Um, Mm. but there might be some they can pick up and you can go back and you can go forth and, pick them out. That's not, it's not something that's in sequential order. So, um, I hope that we continue to see just a lot of fine tuning and, um, great results from what we've already, what we've already seen. Yeah. And so, um,
0: I think what our practical tip is, we'd love for you to join us in making interventions easy to implement. And we would love for you to go to our website, www.com practicalteachers.com to find more out about our pilot program it's on the website more information about us and please reach out we'd love to hear from you we'd love to get feedback or send us any inquiries again on the website you'll see um our pilot program and all the information regarding that Um, so well thanks for joining us today and um we'll chat again soon Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.